All right. Welcome back to the Age Gap Realness Podcast. You have Natalie Workman. And Brandon Dawson. Yep. Here we are. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about how to navigate relationships when you have stepchildren who are your age, if not older than you, and how to gain trust, how to make situations. The word isn't comfortable. Brandon and I actually just got in a bit of an argument about the word comfortable because his point is his kids probably aren't comfortable. And I think that that's a fair point. Like they, they aren't, they, I don't know if they'll ever be comfortable, but we have managed to find ourselves in a place where we all can show up to things. We all can be present with each other. And that same like tension that you can feel or, or just like sense in a room is no longer there. We can talk, we can be cordial, we can, uh, I mean, with, with your middle yeah, stepchild, Brianna, I don't know why I call them your stepchildren. It feels very formal. Like Brianna and Sammy, we're talking about two very specific people, but I guess the stepchildren role in general is what I want to make sure the listeners are attaching to of just like, yeah, I'm about to be a stepmom. And there are moments when you need to kind of come together and, and take away the uncomfortable the awkwardness in the relationship to show up to basketball games or to show up to family events, whether it be Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, a funeral, which is what we had just experienced, um, and figure out a way that everybody can come together. And Yeah, I think I think that's what we just experienced, right? Like you and I were talking, and I think Brianna and you were talking that this is the first time since our relationship that both my ex-wives, all of our family, your family, we were all in one place at one time. And granted, it was for my mom's funeral, and I think it was great that everybody was willing to show up to show their love and respect to my dad, but it was still the first time where we were all together. And I know for me and for you and for Brianna, we didn't, I didn't even like think about, think about all the people that were there. It was just, we were all there. We were all ever present. Yeah, I think to be really transparent with you guys, we just tried to record this podcast. It's the first time this has actually happened, and we recorded it in I used the word everybody was comfortable, the words everybody was comfortable. And Brandon just like felt the need while we were recording the show to tell me, well, you can't say that everybody felt comfortable. And we kind of got in this argument while we're recording for the show. Um, <laughs> Those will be in the outtakes. The, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty heated argument. Um, yeah. But I, I think if I could take a step back from that conversation and pretend like it didn't just happen, you know, five minutes ago and my eyes aren't still a little watery from the whole thing. Um, but you know no no no, hold on okay hold on um it's just hard um this whole being a stepmom and what that role entails um it's not like what was me I don't mean it that this is you know been put upon me like it's a choice but um there is this level of it might always be a little uncomfortable um and I know I just freaked out on you about this and I don't think you understood the sensitivity that I have um but it's like you so badly just want it to be comfortable and I feel like I've worked really hard to make the progress that I have made and the comfortable was probably the wrong word in the in the context and uh, I, I should have said it differently, but there have been some things that I've done very intentionally to make things be the way that they are and as comfortable as they can be given the situation. 
I mean, that's what I want to talk about today. And those are the things that I want to share with people because sure, things might not be comfortable, but they're like, they're pretty damn good uh, given the situation and given the dynamics and and given the, the role and the integration that all of us have had to do over the past few years. Um, so I'd love to get in on that uh, and maybe stop crying for a quick second. Sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I, I could say something. I think, I think the, I think the, the reflection on this listening to you right now is that you have worked so hard and watched um, with absolute like intentionality, being careful to not ever say anything about somebody or making the situation more awkward with my daughters or with my ex-wives or you've always held yourself uh, to be very respectful and and even at times where you probably wanted to scream and we've gone through a lot of transition the last three or four years and to be able to find ourselves in a room with everyone and have people move around comfortably and more importantly have you and me, like I didn't even think anything of the dynamics. Brianna expressed she didn't feel any dynamics. Nobody she moved did. between my ex-wife and my first ex-wife, like just talking, and so did my youngest daughter. And everyone just was there, and we were all ever present. And we get we were there for a funeral, and to support my dad and show my mom respect. But I think the elegance of the situation was we were all there. And you've worked so hard to just be comfortable and your mom to be comfortable in a situation where you're able to go in there and connect with everybody and not have the, the, the subconscious spinning thinking, oh, what do people think or what, you know, what, what are they talking about or just none of that was there. It was just we were all there to represent and support my dad and my mom and everyone it was kind of a blown away moment on the way out. We were all like, can you believe we were all just there? And there was no, for us, there was no weird dynamics. And then Brianna, I think, expressed the same thing for her. Like, she didn't even think about it. No, I don't think any of us thought about it. And if this conversation wouldn't have taken place, I think I would walk away saying, like, wow, I think I, I'm, I'm so happy with how all of that went because there wasn't a lot of thought and energy put into the dynamics of the relationships it was just we all have relationships and we we love each other as a mixed blended family does um and we've worked hard to get there so what i would like to walk people through is now that i have entirely broken down uh but like i think this is the real stuff right this is the this is the part where everything isn't just us saying this is the best way to do it and life is so great and granted life is great but um there are there's just like there's hard moments that come with this um and one of the things that has really helped me over the last few years is my philosophy around this soon-to-be stepmom role uh it really is keeping the long term with your kids in mind and not feeling the need in the moment to prove any sort of point to create a dynamic where anyone's uncomfortable or that I need to be the star of the show. It really is making sure I understand, okay, in 10 years from now or 20 years from now, 
what do I want the relationship with Brandon's kids to look like and not using every opportunity to either force myself upon them or force my opinion on you or how you parent to really allow your guys's relationship to stay intact because it, it's not about me and I I didn't know I didn't understand that fully at first but I didn't do anything stupid at first and by the time I learned this about six months in like I really settled into keeping the long the long-term relationship in mind like we had some tough tough moments early on with your kids. Um, uh, well, I just want to say to all, um, you know, we buried my stepmom. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say to all stepmoms, I mean, it's really, it's it's a really crappy um, position to be in and it's hard. I can't think, honestly, I don't think there's probably a harder thing than already in a traditional relationship, I don't think there's a harder thing than being ever present in somebody's life that doesn't necessarily, didn't pick you to be in their life and probably doesn't really want you there because they they weren't in control of the circumstances. Yeah. And and I think for you to, you know, A, you, you don't even have your own kids and then you came into our, an already awkward environment and we knew each other from the past, and so there was a lot of other interesting dynamics. But I think the reason you're emotional about this is because you've worked so hard, mm-hmm. so respectfully. There's been times where you know people are saying things, and even in, you know, in the corner of the house, uh, the mm-hmm. girl's talking, and, and you're overhearing it, and you just bite your tongue, almost bite through your tongue because you know the long game yes. is going to be – you know, they, there's that old saying, time heals all things. But you mm-hmm. know that the delta between that point in time and the future, if you could make things a lot harder to heal things, right? Like if you were yes. being the aggressor or being defensive or being... And I'm not like some angel and his kids aren't like these devils. Like I, I don't... This is not for, for either of us and especially not for me to say like, oh, you know, his kids are horrible. They're not horrible. I think another tip that I was going to get to is really understanding where your kids are coming from. It's just as hard, if not harder, on them as it is me. And I understand how they feel. I would feel the exact same way. Like, I don't I don't blame them for the conversations that they might be having or the things that they've said or, or th- things that I've overheard. Like, I – and I've been very clear and honest, especially with Brianna, about just – I get it. Like, I, I fully understand. I'm certain that it is shitty. But – I have to keep the long term in mind and acknowledge what those feelings must be and not like and not develop thin skin. Like I have to have really tough skin to be in the position that I'm in with them to allow them to say the things that they need to say and the way that they need to express themselves, but also stay in a good place with you and and not feel like they're never going to accept me in. Like it's just like taking blows not as much now, but it was taking a lot of blows and then knowing that like at the end of the day, it's going to be okay and everything's going to be healed. Yeah. The thing you did well, I think the thing, you know, what, what I appreciate about you, uh, many of the things I appreciate about you and love Mm -hmm. about you, but you did a good job of compartmentalizing, if that's the right word, or, or pulling yourself out of that, that moment because you recognized you would feel the same way they feel, mm-hmm. even if there was no, even if you're just another 
even if our relationship was a traditional relationship, there's going to be that adjustment period. And the kids needed to work through their own their own trauma and their yes. own emotion. And and you know, obviously, it's easier to take out frustration or pain on a newcomer than it is on on the people that've been around, right? Mm-hmm. So I well, think I, I didn't have a point to prove in all of that. Like my point was, I love your dad. It wasn't we're all going to be a family. That was the long game. But initially, it's like I I'm in love with him. I'm here because I love him, and we need to figure out as a family, both you and me, and me and your kids, and you and your kids separately, how to all navigate and maneuver to where the love is what comes out, not the uncomfortability, the awkwardness, the hurt feelings, the why do you have to date her, uh, so that that wasn't the centerpiece. Yeah, and I think that this weekend represented to both of us and to the kids that we can all coexist peacefully, respectfully, absolutely, and, and not actually have those weird vibrational feelings anymore. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have them, you didn't have them, Brandon didn't have them. I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody else had them, but they didn't act like it. Right. My dad didn't have him. He wasn't uncomfortable having everybody there. He was thrilled to see everybody. Mm-hmm. So for us to be able to be in the room with, with, and for you, you know, the maturity because, I mean, both my ex-wives, I hugged them. I mean, we were at the, my mom's funeral, and your maturity in that situation is is a strength because you didn't you didn't go like why'd you do that or no. you know or you weren't even uncomfortable with it. You were like you understood it. I think it goes to the long game of all of these relationships really is I want you to have a good relationship with your ex-wives not necessarily like because I'm some great person and want you guys to all be friendly it's more so because your kids are incredibly important to you like you love your kids and in order to show your kids and create the values that I know you you have you have to be friends and show love to your exes like they're the mother of your children and I would want you to have that same respect if you and I ever had some issue where we weren't together. Like I so value the respect and the relationship that you do have with your exes. And I know that you would treat me the exact same way and it builds confidence in me. It doesn't It doesn't make me nervous or feel insecure. Uh, so th- th- this whole idea of the long game, the long game is with your kids. The long game is making sure that your kids love you and you feel edified by them. And in order to be somebody that's edified, you have to act in such a way where they can respect what you're doing and how you're engaging. But the fact you even say, I mean, the fact that you even articulated that, I think, I think the big, for me, the big takeaway on, on how you've been able to come so far or we and the kids is because you've had that attitude. Mm -hmm. I I, I think that that's something I don't want the listeners to miss. And it hasn't come, you know, John Maxwell talked about the law of price tag. I mean, Mm -hmm. the price tag for that, the cost for that is the emotion you felt earlier. Yeah. Because you've worked so hard and it's been hard. You've bottled up a few years of. I'm surprised that triggered me like the way that it did, because I'm sure when I watched that tape back, I'm what you were saying, probably I I don't think people would understand. And I clearly could see that you didn't understand why I was feeling the way that you were feeling about you needing to clarify that only one of your kids told me that they were comfortable. Therefore, I can't say that all the other kids were comfortable um, like you, you, there's so much there that it's like an iceberg, right? Like that's just, you touched on part of it, but it, it goes so deep. Yeah. And um, you want everybody to become, I mean, you're exactly. the quality of person that you want everyone well, to. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about you. Otherwise, you know. I think another one of my tips is don't overcompensate. Um, 
I have, and it's worked for me, I've never gone out of my way to be this stepmom or play some sort of motherly role to any of your kids. Like, I, I don't put in that, let's go get our nails done together. Let's go get lunch or go to the zoo. Like, that has never been something that, A, I feel comfortable with, but B, think that makes sense for me in the long game because your your daughters have relationships with their moms and I I don't my philosophy is I don't want to threaten that relationship not saying that you know like I'm withholding this love therefore uh they don't like it's my choice not their choice like maybe they wouldn't want to get their nails done with me I don't know but my point is like don't don't feel like you have to put all this extra energy into creating this this feeling of overcompensation just like let things play out and yeah. let it just ride i mean you do get your nails done with them i think i think what but it's I, not like in this moment of bonding it's like hey do you want to get your nails done but it's not oh we should do this and then i'm gonna plan this and then no no i i i i, I know exactly what you're saying so so you've what you are you going to reframe what I'm saying? You've been very intentional. <laughs> no, I'm going to compliment you. You've been very intentional about not making anybody feel, including yourself, like you're trying to go over and above being kind of that overly, hey, let's do everything together and putting pressure on the system, right? right. Putting pressure on the kids, nor have you stayed away from them. Like you'll do, you'll say, hey, I'm going to go get my nails. Anybody want to come with me? And they're like, yeah. And everybody goes, but you're not like, I've scheduled us to go get nails and I've scheduled us to go do this. And I've scheduled this, forcing them into your schedule. And you've been really good about, here's the things I'm going to do. I'd love to have you guys join me if you want to join me, but you don't, you don't put pressure on them. And, and when they are testy or you're testy, you, you separate yourself. You, you say, okay, guys, I've got some things to do. And you remove yourself from the situation. So you don't, turn a situation into something. I've watched you remove yourself as it starts to maybe go a direction. And and the other thing I appreciate about you is you won't engage in any conversation. I don't think I've ever heard you engage in conversation with the girls about their moms. I mean, mm-hmm. you you just, you, you will let them talk. Mm-hmm. And if they're venting, you don't use that as an opportunity to go, yeah, I know, that's why your dad. Like mm-hmm. you, you just, you'll listen to them and you'll suggest to them how they could work through it. But I've never heard you say a bad thing about anybody, which I think is a, is a is really important for the long game. And I don't think people will respect it on the front end. But over time, they'll remember you never said anything. I just don't. My one of my philosophies is that I don't want to put them in a position where it hurts their relationship with you or hurts the relationship with their mom. I'm an added person. Like I don't need the validation from them as somebody in my life that is the has the same relationship as maybe my brother or my parents. Like, I, I, I need and I crave that harmony with those people. But with with your kids, I really believe that the harmony needs to be with their mom and with their dad. And, like, that comes first. If we can have a secondary relationship where they like spending time with me and we enjoy family vacations together, that is fantastic. And we have. I mean, we've had some... In exactly. the last year or so, we've had some remarkable times together, mm-hmm. even uh, even at some awkward moments. But I think for the most part, we've had we've done some great trips. We've done we've had amazing trips. But if you would have asked us a year into this, I would have said there's no way that things will ever get to a good place. And now that we're three and a half years into this, like things things are at as good of a place as I could have ever pictured them being, and. It's it's like it's a pretty cool thing. I think that's what this weekend represented for us as we walked in the room 
we're actually so comfortable with ourselves. Our family loves us. All your family, my family, everyone's there, and we're all hugging each other and talking to each other. There's no awkwardness. There's no weird feelings. I think I think for, for me, it was kind of this afterwards, wow, mm. everyone, I mean, all my brothers were there. So other than my nieces, right, and my brother's wife, all my brothers were there. I've mm-hmm. never, I don't think all my brothers have been in one place in 20 years. A long time. Your mom, you were there. Um, my exes were there. And everyone just was able to be in the moment for my dad mm-hmm. and my stepmom. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of a, for us. We didn't see that when it's happening, but when we were leaving, we were like, "Wow! Like that's how far we've come." Yes. No, exactly. So my tips have kind of gotten a little bit out of order, but I'd like to recap and then maybe we could dive in a little bit more detail on two of them because we just touched on them. So the first one. And I think the primary one for me is keep the long game in mind. Uh, The second one is don't overcompensate. The third one is develop a tough skin. Like and kind of like take those moments when things will come out negatively towards you as the stepmom as it's just temporary. Uh, The fourth one is empathize with the situation that the stepkids are in. Not to like make that the primary uh, like your feelings matter too. And I read this book called Step Monster, oh, man, two or three years ago. Like I really, it was a time when I needed help. I needed other opinion. I needed somebody who had been through this and um, I needed just their guidance. And so there's this book called Step Monster and she goes through all of the advice that she had looked for, looked towards and why she was writing this book. And her point was in all of these step parenting books, they say it's all about the kids. Like it's all about the kids. Essentially your feelings don't matter. It's harder on the kids than it is on you. And I fundamentally agree with that. However, that doesn't make it any easier on you. Like these emotions are very real. These emotions for me have been incredibly challenging and I've wrestled with them and it's been a process. Luckily, I haven't done anything that's royally screwed anything up. Like, I've had my moments, but they've been, in the scheme of things, very small, like the scissors thing. Like, I shouldn't have gone off on Brianna that one time about stealing my scissors. Or there's one other time that I can name where there was, like, this juice that spilled and I had an interaction. But, like, two times and that's it. And I apologized the next day and it was, like, off and on. Like, we, we like, we got over it. But my point is, in all of these pieces of advice, it it kind of negates and and makes the stepmom feel like they're not, their feelings aren't valid because it's so much more about the kids. And what I would say is, your feelings are very valid. This is a incredibly challenging and precarious situation to find yourself in. the 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 line is thin and narrow, and it's hard to figure out which side of it you're on at different points in time. Um, and like, give yourself grace in that process. And I, and, and as <laughs> I was thinking about this at, at my mom's funeral, but um, when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. I didn't like some of the decisions. I, I thought my I thought my voice counted at home, right? Oh. <laughs> so I, I thought I thought I, I thought I thought we were going to run run the house as a democracy. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and and I remember my stepmom uh, Annie. She she had kind of cracked down on me on something I didn't think was fair. And I went 
and 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 the story is for the the dads or the parents uh, that that are supporting the other parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I told my dad my vote needed to count. Uh, you know, I was a little skewed in my thinking at uh-huh. fifteen. Um, and so he told me uh, with no uncertain terms that my vote didn't actually matter. Um, he point blank looked me in the face and he said, let me explain something to you, son. I love you. I'm going to take care of you. But let there be no mistake. You're leaving this house when you're 18 and I'm going to live with Annie for the rest of my life. So if I'm picking a side and there's a risk of being wrong, I will always side with her. <laughs> so so that was a point of clarification for me to not test into trying to vote on mm-hmm. things that my mom had decided mm-hmm. were the rules. Mm-hmm. And one of the things um, that I could say to the supporting partner is um, – especially the one that they're their kids like it took the strength of my dad to say that to me and I'll never mm-hmm. forget it because after that moment I'm like all right th- they're just battles not worth pursuing because you know you're going to lose yeah creating those boundaries sometimes to support the other partner uh is really important and mm-hmm. and that I'll never forget that moment with my dad because he was he was mad that I was challenged, that I even thought I had a, <laughs> I had a vote. <laughs> and I think I, that that's very controversial as like a, a parenting uh, philosophy. Like just, I'm not saying I disagree. I'm not saying I agree. Like I'd need to chew on that a little bit more. But just even like going out there and saying that, like a lot of people say, my kids come first, then it's my wife, then it's my work. Some people say, I come first, then it's my wife, then it's my kids. Like they're the, the order and priority at which different people uh, or things in our lives take on and that we give value to is not agreed upon. And all of us live that differently. But it, it's fascinating to – your dad totally lived that out, like what AI Oh, said. yeah, and, I, and look, I think, I think at the end of the day, he was doing it for the whole family unit because – he was making sure there was unity, not division, mm-hmm. and, and and clarity. And clarity. You know, there's nothing wrong uh, with asking the hard questions or making the hard points. And and I think um, I don't. I, th- I think what he was saying. You know, I know with my dad, God came first mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Um, then mom, mm-hmm. right? Then us kids. Mm-hmm. Like there was never any confusion. Yeah. Um, and and I think I I think having that clarity actually alleviated future stress because it did shape my thinking about what I would test or challenge into. And and he was really, you know, I asked myself the questions based on all the conversations we've had, mm-hmm. like what conversations were they having when the door was shut? Like, was mm-hmm. she crying because she felt like I didn't respect her? You know, like there's a whole bunch yeah. of things that, that you didn't necessarily see were going on and that you didn't need to know, but that I'm certain that she dealt with and navigated yeah. Hey, I think that's the whole point, right? Like all these things people are navigating and dealing with are normal. You have the emotion, you have the logic. And when you're in an uncomfortable situation, it's easy for people to go to a place that's not necessarily the most positive. And I think giving people permission to understand that's a normal cycle. And don't make it worse. Don't compound it. Don't don't blow it up because your own emotion. Play the long game. Think mm-hmm. about who you love and why you love them and how you need to love them and what impact it has on them. Look, any any anybody that creates additional stress in an environment is making it worse for everybody, including the person they love and themselves. Mm-hmm. 
So, and this is true even in the work environment, right? If you're injecting all that into the environment, you're going to get more of that coming back at you. Absolutely. And I think that's the one thing that when we left that funeral, we were like, wow, everybody was there. It was just such a, a, a nice spot to be in vibrationally, right? To be there for my dad, be there for my mom, and have everyone talking and smiling and engaging and moving around, talking to each other. It was great for my dad's friends and, and my mom's friends to be able to see that with all of us. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right. Well, I think that that is enough now that we've practically recorded two podcasts today. Uh, Maybe we'll get Will to put some of that explosive oh footage in this so that people understand what actually happened. Yeah, I would again say I probably said some things that I shouldn't have said, but I don't think you understood how weighted what you had just said was. So I'm used to I think you could watch like the trigger. Like I like yeah. it was like almost immediate and I couldn't help myself even if I wanted to, like I couldn't help myself. Uh-huh. And I would like to be clear for those of you who don't know, like we don't record where we don't edit any of our podcasts. Like once we start rolling, we don't cut anything. And that's why I felt so conflicted uh, because I didn't want to have to cut it out. I think we are going to cut some of it out. I have to watch it. And well, it's see. too long. There was a whole bunch of we yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, like you me. walked away, and then I cried, <laughs> and I walked away. Uh, but I love you. Can I, I can I get an your... official uh, an official apology for I... stepping on a landmine that you didn't know you stepped on, but not being more sensitive <laughs> to the landmine that I you should have been aware of? Sorry for doing things that upset you that I didn't know that were going to upset you. All I right, would can never you just change I, the word things. I, honestly, I would never want to upset. I know that. All right. I just needed that apology. Until next week, you guys. Make it a good one. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, my gosh.